Welcome to Preferred Lives, everyone, presented by Golf and Ski Warehouse. I'm your host, Dave Long, and we're doing something a little bit differently today, which will be to break one show that we did earlier in the week into two shows, which is why I'm opening today with a voiceover introduction. First will be this show, our wrap-up of last week's State Amateur Golf Championship, won by John DeVito on Saturday in an impressive 7-6 and win over 36 holes at Portsmouth Country Club. The second is the second part of this original show, which we've spun out to be a separate show, and it's a preview of the British Open, which you can get in these same podcast locations. Now, joining us today are Matt Schmidt, who had a long week in Portsmouth last week in presiding over the State Am. He is the executive director of the New Hampshire Golf Association, Scott Peters, the president and founder of Golf and Ski Warehouse, and Josh Chamberlain, who played in last week's tournament. He was the 27th seed before going out to a Samuel Reynolds, and he's a member of the Board of Directors and the 2009 recipient of the Thomas J. Leonard Player of the Year when he was the runner-up in the State Am. But before we do that, let me mention that the presenting sponsor of Preferred Lies is Golf and Ski Warehouse, where you can go for the best selection, service, and savings to do that. Swing by Golf and Ski Warehouse in Hudson, Greenland, and West Lebanon in New Hampshire, and in Scarborough, Maine. Learn more about all the great products at Golf and Ski and get directions at GolfSkiWarehouse.com. Now to Matt and the State Am. What were your thoughts? Uh, we'll go to both of you guys, but go to Matt first. Since he yeah, was, I mean, Josh, he's, Josh will have the player's perspective. Yes. And I know you guys were both, both you and Scott, Dave, were out there on Monday. Um, but look, it was, it was a, it's, it's a very long week, but it's a special week. Um, and it, you know, we knew we were more likely than not going to have a first-time champion, and and that's how it turned out. When we had two guys in the final, who were obviously both of them would have been first-time champions, and it was—I mean, all things considered, we had some weather issues Thursday, but it was it was a really a really smooth am. We didn't have any logistical issues that we had to deal with, and the golf course was as I, I know people probably listen, and, and I I say this all the time, but. The golf course was the start of the show. It really was. It made it easy from a golf course standpoint set up because the golf course was so good. Um, and, and, you know, I couldn't be happier for John, a, a really good guy, just a solid player. I mean, he just is really solid. And and Jake as well did a great job to, to get to the final. Jake's really turned into a nice player, and he's got a really bright future ahead of him. Um, but it was, like I said, it's it's a long week, but, but it's, you know, it's funny. We were talking about it as a staff, and I don't want to ramble on here, but you get to Saturday, and they get to the second round, and they play the 19th hole and the 20th hole, and, the tw- and then they, they get through nine in the second round, and you start to realize it's almost over. And you can't believe that you ever – it just it seems like it has gone fast, and yet somehow in those moments on Monday, you're like, oh, my God, it's never going to end. We've only finished one <laughs> wave. And then you get to Saturday, and you're, and you're just like, where did the week go? It went so fast. So it's – it's just it is it is a slog, but it's a great week, and and congrats to to Johnny for playing so well. And Josh, you uh, you uh, uh, qualified and played when it's a match place, twenty seven seed. Uh, what's your thoughts as a player from the course standpoint? From your thoughts about how you played and and the experience overall? Well, the course was fantastic, but what I'll say about playing Portsmouth especially is it gives you. Um, a type of golf that you usually don't get in New Hampshire or in New England for that matter where you had fast hard conditions and it's a different type of golf than a lot of players are used to playing. Uh, the conditions were phenomenal. 
it was, the course was quick, it was fast, it was hard, and it was a you had to go into the each shot with a different mindset of than what a typical player is used to. Um, nowadays, you know, you pull out your rangefinder, you just shoot the flag, and whatever number you see, that's what you hit. Well, playing Portsmouth, which is you know ha- has a little bit of linksy style to it. Um, lets you imagine shots a little more and um, gives a gives the players uh, a little more options when it comes to how you're going to play a shot. And I think it was it was a great venue. And the course was phenomenal. And um, well, as you were saying to me out uh, earlier today, you know, when you laser 150, most courses it's a 150 stock shot. Period. Right. It's there's not even a lot of imagination there're not a ton of options you're hitting a 150 shot exactly and it was completely different there is the greens were firm but fair but when you shoot that number you got to think all right I don't want to hit it that 150 number I want to hit it 135 and let it bounce a couple times and roll up to to the hole and it's you know there's not a lot of courses in New Hampshire where you you get that style of play so it was a good treat to play and um, as Matt said Johnny Johnny played phenomenally he's a i've played a lot of golf with john devito and he's very laid back ice water in the veins and a lot of times for big events like this you know there's a lot of great players out there but the mental side of it when you can when you can put all that behind you and just play your game um well i told the guys i I talked to john in between rounds on saturday and I asked him how he was doing, and he said, "I'm I'm exhausted." I mean, he was just just dead tired. And it's a long week. It's it a, hard is. a really long week. And and um, I rode rode around with Steck for a bit, Craig Steckowich on Saturday, watching the final match. And you know, he's won two of them and said the same thing that you're just you're exhausted. Right. And and Steck, so Steck um, played really well in qualifying, made match play, won his first match, and lost the second match. And, and he even said, I, "I was I didn't want to play golf." It's a it's a marathon. I remember in '09, I was fortunate enough to get to the finals, and I, more than anything, it's mentally exhausting. Right. I mean, it's physically exhausting as well. But, to but play, the adrenaline can almost get you through that. I yeah, it can. I mean, I didn't get to the, the physical last side day, of it. But you I get through but the semis, and I I had enough to, adrenaline where physically I felt like, but I was mentally mentally. Toast. I mean, t- and I heard you guys talk about it in the last podcast about tournament golf versus regular golf. I mean, tournament golf is mentally draining. And to play that many rounds in a week where you have to be focused every shot, and especially on a course like Portsmouth where you're not just going through your routine of shooting the number and hitting it that number where you every single approach you actually have to think of how I want to hit this approach. I mean, it's it can be well, draining. And throw in the weather. Uh, in that it was warm there, you know. We were Scott and I were. We, you guys were there, but it was Scott and I were there doing the podcast on Monday, and walking around. It was warm, and then I was back on Thursday, and left. I guess just before it rained because I got hit by a gigantic rainstorm on the way back. But it was it was hot, so that is more that is draining as well. And then you're playing thirty six if you keep going, and then you got to close it with 36 it's not like you're closing the final day with 18 you know? so let me ask you this and before i ask I, I want to acknowledge that i think that you know i sent a note to john afterwards and i'm sure you guys feel the same he was the best player that week yeah from day one he was the best player he played the best and he's an incredibly deserving champion right and and that doesn't i don't even mean to suggest that doesn't always happen but you know because of the the grind 
you know, it doesn't necessarily identify the best player. And what makes me say that is, and I still love match play, and I think it's what we should do, but there are arguments whether it should be stroke or match play for the state title. And I was just curious what, what you guys might think Well, it's that. interesting you say that because I, it must have been the first day of match play. I, I, a member from Portsmouth came up and actually, I guess it was Tuesday still, and he said, you know, who are your favorites? And I said, I can't even answer that question until I see the bracket. Because with 64, right. it's there. there's so much randomness to where you're going to end up in the bracket. In your little section of 16, right. Right. you who could be loaded play, or you could be lucky. And, uh, you, right. And, you know, Phil Pleat won his first round match, and then he's played Jamie Ferullo in the second round. And just because of the way that the names are posted on the summary, that's, that's the randomness of how it ends up. So that I remember my first year at Stonebridge, there was... There was one side of the bracket that was loaded. I think I don't. I think it was the side that Levitt was actually on, and, you know. And there, a lot of good players were on that. Side. And sometimes th- that happens, right? And and so there is that when there's that many players, there is just a randomness to it. When you get past, you know, really the first three seats, probably it's just everybody is. Oh, absolutely, right? You know, played well, and there's just sort of in that mix of guys who shot seventy four, seventy four, and they easily made the cut and. Who are they going to get matched up against? And you know, unfortunately, Jim wasn't able to I was play. About to Jim Silly wasn't able to play because they had a family emergency the first round. But he was going to have to play Ryan Kohler. Right. You, you look know, at two that. Guys right. Good friends. No right. Doubt. Great players, and they're playing in the first round. Two guys who definitely both have a chance. I've played well qualifying, and I've played lousy qualifying, and it's funny. It's it's total randomness, randomness yeah. within that. Oh, and absolutely. I've had tough draws by playing well, and e- and easy draws playing poorly. You'd think that doesn't make sense, and so. Well, anyway, there's a bit of a randomness to match play. And I think there's a lot of parity in the state. I mean, even when I started playing competitive golf in New Hampshire, um, and Scott, you've been playing longer than I have, but I remember, you know, say 12, pool. <laughs> 12 I mean, years ago, there was, pool. or even 15 years ago, there was a, there was a pool of 10 guys. Yeah. He said, there's a, probably a 90% chance the I winner's going to come out of these 10 guys. But today... I mean, th- you can probably triple. There's probably 30 guys, 40 right. guys, anybody. Yeah, that 14 year olds, right? There are more play. younger, better players than I can remember. And it's almost impossible to predict. It comes down to you know the draws in the bracket and how somebody's playing that day. But it, it's almost impossible to predict who's going to win a tournament. So, do you like, like the fact we're match play? Absolutely, I, I do I too. Wouldn't change that for anything. I wouldn't either. I mean, I, I, I mean, we still have a state title that is stroke play, right? But, but in fairness. The state am the title you want to win is the state am match play version, isn't it? Oh, absolutely, no question about it. I mean, it's uh, we don't get many many chances to play a tournament like this, and um, I think a lot of good players relish the opportunity to, you know, ha- have a match play event for the title. You know, and, and I think you can. I'm sure there are plenty of players who have said, "Man, I was playing my best golf that week, and I didn't win the state am." But I think if you look at the list of names, you know, it is it is a veritable who's who of guys who are elite golfers in this state. And, you know, we talk about it all the time. At the end of the day, you have to get lucky. And I think there is some luck in the draw, too. That, of course. That maybe you come up against Well, you're playing six matches. You're right. going to have to win not playing very yeah. well or not your best, right? You just, it's just inevitable. Or you get somebody who's doing that when you're, you know. When, yeah, you can might, play well and might even be better than you coming in. But sooner or later, that's going to happen. And no so you, you took the words out of my mouth. I was going to ask you, how much does 
I don't want to say, let, let's not say luck, say good fortune play in someone who wins or someone as you advance. Well, I would argue that you, you hear the guys on the tour, whoever gets the bounces that week is a lot of times in the winner's circle. Right. Right. So it certainly applies to them for four days. We're six days. Oh, yeah. No so, question. And, and as amateurs, and you're, you know, let's eliminate the stroke play part. So it's really four days of, of condensed match play. You got to get fortunate. I mean, you, I mean, you have to I, play I well. Care, I don't care who you talk to, past winners. I, I promise you, every single one of them will say, you know, they could pull out a match and say, "This is a match I shouldn't have won, but I won because right. X, X, and X happened." Um, it's inevitable during playing that much golf, you're going to get some good breaks, and you need those good breaks if you're going to keep advancing. Yep. There's no because we've it. all lost by playing well too. Absolutely, right? Well, look so. at Ryan Kohler. So Jim unfortunately can't play. So Ryan has his first round match conceded. He plays Brandon Gillis in the second round. I go up. We you know get the result of the match. Brandon won two and one. And I went up to Ryan, who was up at, at, by the scoreboard. I said, "How'd you play?" And Ryan said, "It's the best I played." And I can't remember how long he was seven under through seventeen. Wow! And, it, and, and here's a guy who, by the way, who played very poorly day one, yes. which doesn't just, mean anything. Yes, I'm just saying two. that's the nature right. of it. And, and if he played anybody else that same round, he would probably beat everybody in the field. Kohler would have won five and four, right. probably, playing somebody else. Right. Yep. So he runs up against a guy who just is totally dialed in, like Brandon can get some. The proverbial buzzsaw. Right. Yeah. But it, I, I guess I'm, you guys are reinforcing the point I was ultimately trying to lead into, which is I think we should be match play. That's It's what it is. It's the history. It's part of the tradition. Um, and it has... Maybe some glitches, you know. You would argue maybe stroke play seventy two might identify the better player. Who knows? But well, I think I just could, think we should be. I match think you play. could say, well, you know, the Mass Am's thirty two. Could we have just thirty two qualifying? But I, I also on some level. So I don't know this answer. With the you, you raise that. I don't know this answer, but I ask: How many people from thirty three to sixty four have ever won in qualifying? I, I mean, I don't I think don't you know, have, yeah. right, but I'd be curious. I, mean, I, I bet plenty I, have though. I bet some have. But I, I, bet some I think have. It, not I a lot. Think it but adds, sorry. you know, when you have 156 guys trying to qualify, I think you know it's it's boy. I mean, to cut that 64 in half and say oh, we're only going to take half of that, you know, I, I think you're just shrinking the pool. And I, you know, you do want those people that are coming out thinking, you know, there are 64 spots available. I, I just I just want to sneak in and get you know get into match play I, and. You know, it, you could cut it down, but I don't. I, I would never want to. I think it's been that way for too long. It's the way we do it. It's. It, I, I think Scott's right. Yeah, sure, you could tweak it and play around with it and whatever, but why? It's, right. it's the I, way I'm it's always you. been. You know, the, the, uh, I'll go to my other sport, but not a Harmon Killebrew sport. There it is. Yeah, All right, how many minutes it takes? Josh, there would we, be a reference. Right. We, the, uh, we, no studying his stats. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what number was he? <laughs> I said his stats, <laughs> not his uniform. <laughs> what was he? Three. Three, three right. Um, no, all I was going to say was, the you know, I saw uh, the NCAA basketball tournament when it was 32 teams, and then there was a you know huge controversy to go to, I think it was 48, and some got buys, and then it went to 64. And it's so much better at 64 just because of the randomness of that first round. And, you know, you're playing an entire state, seems to me, that – you know, to it's it's the the interest, the interaction of the players uh, is better at at sixty four. I would I would think that it would be. Uh, I'll say this: I frequently during the week, you will look at players and say, 
this seems like it must be miserable. Like it must just be miserable. And I think from the mental standpoint of the grind and just every shot and you're tired and it's hot and it's And yet and yet it's it definitely isn't. Like when I've had you know, I mean it's I totally get that emotion. And if you're playing poorly I get that too. But if you're playing poorly you're not around. Yeah. So generally when you're in that grind I don't know, I kind of embraced it. It was kind of Well I think you have to. Right. I mean I think John was you know, he got through the first round and then he and it was interesting because you know, the last couple of years, last uh, last year at Hanover, when we met, now, you know, granted, Matt was up by, I think, seven, six or right. seven. early. And yeah. it was just kind of like, let's let's go. I think even Pat had resigned himself to the fact that he wasn't going to win at that point. But the year before, Brett Wood, Mike Martell wanted to keep going. And we got to about, I guess, about 17. And I had um, one of the girls ask, you know, the players what they wanted to do in terms of what when are we going to go. And John said, I need a break. He said, "He said I want to. I want to take a break, and and it was kind of different because the last couple of years it had been let's just keep going." Well, I think the players should be allowed that, right? Oh yeah, and I mean, it should be the break you have planned. He shouldn't get more than what you had in mind. But I mean, if someone wants a break, I kind of feel like I probably want to keep playing. But I think the players oh, yeah. should well, be able. To you know, and we gave him a, a good half an hour yeah. before we went out again. Yeah. But um, but I think that sort of spoke to it. Again, talking to him in between the rounds, I think he was just. He was just worn out. But I, I did tell you guys out on today when we were playing that, you know, he they sort of muddled through the, the first nine, and he really should have won the ninth hole with the birdie. And I think it got to the point when they got on the back nine of the second round that John really said, okay, look, I'm five up here. Um, you know, and it can change like that, where if I lose a couple <coughs> holes, all of a sudden I'm three up with six to play, and he's got momentum. Um and then Johnny won 11, and he got to really, really confidently stride it over to the 12th tee, which, as we talked about, was playing about 500 yards <laughs> on, sun, on Saturday. Um, and you could see it at that. Again, I was with Steck, and Steck said you could tell he knows he's, he's won it right. at this point. Right. Um, and, he, and he did go out and win it on that hole. Your thoughts for uh, as you move ahead to next year? Um, you know, next year will be a little bit of a diff- different. Where are you animal. going? I forget. Nashua. 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 Right. So <laughs> to Josh's point, now we're going back to a more traditional Absolutely. New England style country club. Not very long, small greens, greens that can be really fast. It presents a different set of problems from a golf course setup standpoint. I, I you know, Josh was talking about the setup. Portsmouth is, in a lot of ways, easy to set up. Big greens, flat greens. You have a lot of options with hole locations. Greens were fast, but. You know, there weren't a lot of spots where we could put holes where, you know, guys are going to be putting it off the green. You have a lot of options. Nashua is totally different. Small greens, fast greens, undulating greens. Um, you know, does that lend itself to identifying a different kind of player? I, I don't know. Maybe. James um, Pleat will be tough there. I just noticed he made the cut for the Mass. mass yeah, James will be, and you know, it's right. going to be Phil's last right? stadium next year, which will be kind of cool. made that announcement yeah. or... Well, he made it to me, and now I made it on the podcast. <laughs> there it is. There, there it is. By the way, should say soon to be Hall of Famer, right? Yep. which is awesome. Well deserved. I mean, totally. I mean, with Tom Leonard, Laura Shanahan, Rowe, and Stan his father-in-law, Lansky. right? Yep. Which is really. Yep. I think there's going to be a lot of emotions for that family, which is awesome. In October, which yep. yeah, they're, they're very appreciative. That is our wrap-up show for the State Amateur Golf Championship, with a little NHGA Hall of Fame news thrown in as well. My thanks to Josh Chamberlain, Scott Peters, and Matt Schmidt, 
And don't forget, everyone, to check out our British Open Preview podcast in this same location. And let me close by reminding everyone that the presenting sponsor of Preferred Lies is Golf and Ski Warehouse, where you can go for the best selection, service, and savings. And to do that, swing by Golf and Ski Warehouse in Hudson, Greenland, and West Lebanon in New Hampshire and in Scarborough, Maine. Learn more about all the great products they have and get directions on how to get there at GolfSkiWarehouse.com. That'll do it for Preferred Lies this week. Thanks for joining us, everyone, and we'll see you on Preferred Lies next week.